stand before God? Shall we evaluate our life and see how high is our trust factor in the Lord? Praise the Lord. If we were to look into our own lives and see how much we've been leaning on him. Are we leaning on our own strength or are we leaning on the Lord Jesus Christ? We need to trust him more and more every day of our life. Shall we, shall we turn our attention to God's word? Praise the Lord. You and I are born to win. Praise the Lord. So we were going to conclude the series that we were talking about. Uh, I do understand that in between we had guest speakers, but we want to finish what we started, and therefore I draw your attention to the subtitle that we had given, Born to Win. The title was Steps to Victory. God wants us to be people who are overcomers. Praise the Lord. God wants us to be people who are overcomers. Praise God. So I want to draw your attention to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Ephesians 6, 18. Somebody read it out for us, please. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keeping on praying for all the saints. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you because you are going to speak into our lives. Great is our God, greatly to be praised. This, this morning, Father, we pray that you will deposit your counsel in our spirits. And Father, that we will yield ourselves to your word and to the direction of the Spirit of God. Thank you, Lord. As you want us to be overcomers, so are we. By the grace and the power of the Holy Spirit that works within us. This morning, every resistance to the preaching of God's word, we bind them in the name of Jesus, and we take victory. All glory to Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Please be seated. Praise God. Everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Praise the Lord. Okay, and we asked ourselves how we can overcome. It's simple as God's word teaches us by faith, by the blood of Jesus, by the word of testimony, by dying to the self, and finally, God wants us to be people who pray in the spirit. Praise the Lord. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony. Praise God. So we're going to move to the next realm that we were talking about. We were talking about uh, from Paul writing to Ephesians after talking about the warfare that we are involved in. Remember we talked about God wants us to resist the devil and submit to God. In resisting the devil, what is it that we need to do is what we were talking about. Paul writing to the Ephesians is saying that we are involved in a warfare. We are involved in a warfare. We are not wrestling against flesh and blood. The enemy is real. Jesus has conquered them 
and has given us the victory. And God wants us to move from victory to victory in our everyday life. God wants us to celebrate that victory and experience that victory in our personal day-to-day life, in our homes, in our family, in our church, in our community, in every arenas of our lives that God has placed us. God wants us to be people who are victors, not victims. And therefore, we understand that the enemy does not lie low because we are victorious. He's constantly attempting to make sure that he can bring us down one way or the other. So I want to draw your attention to the word that we read this morning. And this is how the message version puts it. And I'm going to read that. Be prepared. You are up against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get. Every weapon God has issued so that when it's all over, but the shouting, you will still be on your feet. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation are more than words. Learn how to apply them. You will need them throughout your life. God's word is indispensable weapon. Verse 18. In the same way, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard and long. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind or drops out. Praise the Lord. Amen. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Praise God. We have a foe and that, that foe is a defeated foe. But that does not make him sit around idle. He's actively involved in brewing trouble in each and every one of our lives. It would only work if we give him elbow room for him to work. The, the, the trouble that he brews against the people of God, the children of God, can only become potent if we give him room and substance for him to launch out a strike against our life. Therefore, God's word gives us the instruction that we need to put on the whole armor of God. Praise God. And that's not enough. Paul coming to verse 18 says, You and I have to pray in the spirit at all times. Praise the Lord. All times. Praying in the spirit all times. See, the world that we live in, we see that there is a physical world around us. There is a visible world around us. But there is also, as the Bible says, there is an invisible world around us. So when we talk about the invisible world, I want to draw your attention to something that we can relate to. 
we know that we we have a world around us we have laws around us we have rulers around us we have authorities around us at the same time we are also aware of the fact that there is an underworld around us how many of you guys have heard about the underworld anybody nobody yeah we all know about the underworld we don't know much but we do know about the underworld how many of you guys know about the dark web hello somebody does okay that's good all right i think i have drawn your attention to what i'm trying to say so in this world that is visible there is a visible world and there is a underworld that operates in a conniving way to reach their goals or to break rules and laws and to get hold of things that they need in 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 for them to move forward likewise the bible talks about a visible world and the bible talks about an invisible world Oh man. Hello. The Bible talks about a visible world and the Bible talks about an invisible world. This is not a myth, but the Bible talks about it very clearly as Paul writes to the Colossians, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth visible and invisible whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities all things have been created through him and for him so there is a visible world and there is an invisible world praise the lord so what is our understanding about the invisible world anybody what's our understanding about the invisible world aha the invisible world is as real as the visible world the invisible world is as active as the visible world praise the lord when god created in the beginning everything was created by him the visible and the invisible but god's creation was good god's creation was perfect but there was as we read there was rebellion and god cast out lucifer and the third of the angels down and we know that there is a power structure and a hierarchy that is in place which is copied just like the hierarchy that god has put the structure and this hierarchy or the powers of the dark world it's act actively working against the plan and the purpose of God and it is also working against the children of God to deter them from the purpose of God that God has for you and for me praise the lord so knowing that there is a power a force that is actively working in the world you and i ought to be people who are constantly alert vigilant sober that's why the bible says be alert 
be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, yes, we have an adversary, is like a lion growling around, roaring around, going around seeking whom he may devour. Praise God. He wants to gobble up the children of God. And therefore, the Bible tells us, we as God's children, we cannot take life carelessly. We cannot take life casually. Christian life is not a casual life. Christian life cannot be a careless living. The Bible says, you and I have to put on the whole armor of God and withstand against the walls of the enemy. Praise God. Having said that, he's saying that you need to pray what? In the spirit. Praise God. Praying in the spirit is absolutely important if you and I have to be victorious. How real is this invisible world? Praise God. We have a visible world and we see all these things that are going around. But the Bible gives us glimpses about the invisible world. In the Old Testament, in the New Testament, you see the glimpse that the Bible gives us about the visible and the invisible world. You know, Elisha was once surrounded by the Syrian forces and the servant came and reminded him of the Syrian army that had surrounded Elisha where he was living. And we see Elisha says to the servant that he that is with us, those who are with us is, is, is much, much, much more and greater than those that are surrounding you. For that, Elisha prayed that the servant's eyes be open. And once his eyes were open, he saw what? Fiery horses and chariots surrounding the whole mountain, protecting them. That's the invisible rock. Now I want you to take you somewhere else to the New Testament. In the New Testament, come with me. Let's go to Jerusalem. Let's go to the place where Jesus was crucified. Where was Jesus crucified? Where was Jesus crucified? Mount Everest? Huh? Golgotha, right. So come to Golgotha. Let's stand. Let's stand right at the base of the cross. Look up to the cross and you see Christ on the cross. Tell me what do you see on the cross? Tell me, quick. He is suffering. Thank you, Lisa. What else do you see on the cross? What's written on top? Look, focus, focus on the one who's on the cross. Say it, say it, pain. What else? Come on. Blood. What else? Agony. Okay, what else? Focus on the cross. Look at Jesus. His arms stretched out. What else do you see on the cross? What else do you see? The nails. Okay, what else do you see? Crown of thorns. You see Christ on the cross. All right. When you look at the cross, you see Christ on the cross. For a moment, the disciple looked at him and, wow. Jesus who manifested the power of God 
in signs and in wonders, doing the supernatural up on the cross, spikes running through his hands and his feet, broken, bruised, bleeding body of Christ, crown of thorns upon his head, finally crying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And the Bible says, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not, and did what? He yielded up his ghost. Now, if you and I were standing right there under the cross looking at Jesus, what would we say? What does that look like? That looks like a failure. That looks like a failure. Now, because we have a hindsight view, we are looking from this side, we understand what happened, but if you and I were standing under the cross, we would say, that's a failure. That's a defeat. It seems as if Christ is crushed. All the promises that he has made is become null and void. That's the visible world. Let's see what the invisible world looked like. This is what Paul says in writing to the Colossians. He says, he canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authority. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. Hello. So on the physical, on the, on the visible realm, it's Christ that is being crushed. But on the invisible realm, what was happening was Jesus was crushing the head of Satan. He was crushing the head of the serpent. He was declaring victory. Praise God. The crucifixion of Jesus. The death of Jesus. The burial of Jesus. The resurrection of Jesus. The ascension of Jesus. Praise God. When the world around him looked at him and said, said you are a helpless defeated person praise God in the invisible realm Jesus had claimed a victory a victory over the foe a victory over Satan and his forces and the Bible says he went down into the Hades declared victory he got the key of death and Hades away from Satan opened the door and and let the captive captivity up, up into the presence of God. Oh, there is an invisible world that's real. Praise God. Hallelujah. Unless our inner eyes are enlightened, we will not be understand, able to understand that there is an invisible world around us that operates. Praise God. It's operating against the children of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. And God wants us to know that we have, we cannot have a moment where we are so lethargic and careless and slumbering and being drowsy. Praise God. He wants us to take 
the prayer to the spirit realm. Why? Why? Take the prayer to the spirit realm. Why? Praise the Lord. Listen, if this is if this is an ongoing thing that we need to be, we need to be active. You know, imagine a sentry on God. All right? A sentry on God. He cannot afford to do what? Fall asleep. But there is physical limitations. So what do people do? They have a rotation. All right? But you and I, what are we supposed to do? We have, we are physical people. We have limitations. Limitations. There is limitations to our energy. There is limitations to our ability. So what is it that we need to learn? We need to, to learn to take the prayer to the spirit realm. Hello? Praise the Lord. Pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. Praise the Lord. See, when we were saved, the Lord sealed us with the spirit. He deposited the Holy Spirit within us, which is a guarantee of what is to come. And we as God's children who are filled with the Spirit, led by the Spirit, directed by the Spirit, guided by the Spirit, ought to learn to practice that we pray in the Spirit. Why is it that our because, our flesh, our words, our wisdom by ourselves the resources and the ability that we have, we cannot overcome the enemy by our own strength. Praise God. What we need to do is, we need to have the power of the Holy Spirit working in us and through us so that we are able to supersede every tactic, every trick, every device, every scheme, every booby trap of the enemy. We can only overcome him by the power of the Spirit. So the Bible says, pray in the Spirit. Praise God. That is prayer that is inspired by him. Prayer that is led by him. Prayer that is directed by him. Quite often, the problem that we have is we get into the rut of prayer. All right? ritualistic prayer. Now, God wants us to use our head. God wants us to use our wisdom. Praise God. For example, if you are going to a funeral, you cannot pray what? You cannot pray what kind of prayer? Huh? You cannot. You need to know what is it that you have to pray there. Right? We need to have the wisdom. You cannot go and pray in a, in, 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 in a funeral a, 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 a birthday celebration prayer or a baby dedication prayer or a wedding prayer in a funeral parlor. Can we do that? No. God has given us the wisdom. The spirit of God that is within us is a spirit of love, power, and sound mind. But what is it that we need to learn is regardless of what situation and occasion that we are in, we allow the Spirit of God that is in residence within us to lead us, to guide us 
in praying that prayer which is empowered by the Holy Spirit, which can impact the lives of people who are around us. Praise God. So pray in the Spirit means it is a Spirit-powered prayer. What is a Spirit-powered prayer? Praise God. The power of the Holy Spirit works through you and me. As we yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit, as we let go of the words through our lips, praise God, the Holy Spirit power that is in residence within us releases the power of God by allowing us to release the right words at the right time. The Bible calls words are like arrows. Praise God. Words are like arrows. Power propelled words. Spirit power propelled words can hit the target, can hit the chest of the enemy of God. Praise God. We are not talking about people. We are not talking about flesh and blood. But we are talking about principalities, power that work around us. Praise God. That wants to bring our downfall. Prayer has to be in the spirit. That is it has to be inspired. And led by him. There has to be vigilance in prayer. We need to watch against drowsiness. We need to watch against mind wandering. How many of you guys have this problem? You sit for prayer and your mind is. We go on vacation when we are praying. Some go to Jamaica. Depending on where you come from, some go to Kerala. They are praying, but they are in prayer meeting, but their mind is all over the place. And suppose that if you are praying, you think that's going to affect, can make an impact? It will affect anyone, anything? No. That's why we need to yield ourselves to the Spirit. And yield and, and be led by that spirit as we are praying. Prayer require, requires keenness, alertness, and concentration. And we have to learn. And that's where we have to learn from the older folks in this church. Not that younger folks are, are not able. That's not what we're saying. We need to look at the prayer warriors that God has given us. In this church, and there's a lot of things that we can adapt from them. Praise God. Prayers, prayer has to be spontaneous, not sporadic. Prayer has to be a habit, not an isolated act. Prayer has to be rooted in the Word of God. Praise God. Prayer has to be not only spirit power, it has to be spirit guided. What does that mean? You know, maybe you and I have heard the term um, laser guided. Have you ever heard that term? Yes? Yes, we have heard that term. Okay. Have you heard, ever heard the term uh, precision strike? The Holy Spirit guided prayer is laser guided, it's pinpointed, and it always hits the target. Praise God. 
we, when we use our wisdom in any given situation, we are at times baffled. We don't know what we have to pray. No clue. But when we yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to guide us, it will hit the target that God intends. Hello. Praise God. That God intends. Okay. So we look at what is this guided prayer? Romans 8, 26, 27. We all know this. That is, the Holy Spirit is praying through a child of God, declaring God's will. This is how that verse goes. We do not know what, to, what we ought to pray for. Hello. We do not know what we ought to pray for. Most of us think that we know everything. Here the Bible says we do not know what we ought to pray for. Meaning that we only see what's on the surface. We only see what's on the surface. That's the reality. And if we have to see beyond the surface, beyond the mask, beyond the facade that is around us, you need to have the mind of Christ and need to be yielding ourselves to the Holy Spirit. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself, hello, the Spirit Himself intercedes. Wow. Not a proxy. Not a proxy. See, there is, there is a place where we bear each other in the arms of prayer. But I want to tell you, your prayer need, you should have a burden to pray for your prayer need before you pass it on to someone else. Now, God has placed us in fellowships so that we can give each other a helping hand, right hand of fellowship, give our shoulders to bear each other's burdens. That's there, but you and I need to know we have to learn to come into the presence of God. Now, the, the Bible says we do not know what we ought to pray for. Therefore, what happens? Hmm? But the Spirit himself intercedes for us. Now, when we pray, what is the first thing that you do when you pray? Imagine that you are praying here. What do you do? Say it. Come on. No, just start a prayer. Start a prayer. Just start a prayer. You're right. Go ahead. Go ahead. See, we all have, we all have developed a way that we start a prayer, we end a prayer, and all those things are needed. Okay? But we come to moments in our life where we don't have any clue how to pray. Meaning, life presents situations in our lives which throws us off. Throws us off. We have no clue what to do. And all that oratory skills that we have developed in our lives does not work. I've been in that situation. I don't know about you. It does not work. You just go Blank. Nothing comes out. Can you imagine that? Nothing comes out. 
No words are coming out. All that eloquence and vocabulary that we have built, it's not coming out. The pain is deep. The wound is deep. The burden is very high. The burden is very heavy. You don't know what to do. But the Bible says, even when we come to our wit's end, and we don't know what to do, do you know what we do? We sigh and we groan deep down within us. And what does the Bible say? This is how the Paul writes it. He says, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. Hello. The intensity, the depth of groans can be so deep and so intensifying that it cannot express itself in words. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. When that happens, what happens? The Holy Spirit that is in residence within us, praise God, intercedes on our behalf for the saints. Not how you feel like, not what you would have prayed. Hello, this is what we think. Because the Holy Spirit knows everything about us. We think the Holy Spirit will pray what we would have prayed. No, the Bible says the Spirit pray. What is it? Because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. Praise God. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit that is in residence in you and me, in every child of God, knows the mind of God. Praise God. Knows the deep things of God. Knows the will of God concerning you and concerning me. And regardless of what situation you are in today, Regardless of what season you are in today, praise God. The Spirit intercedes, praise God, in accordance to the will of God. Wow. Praise God. What a wonderful Savior that we serve. Praise God. He did not redeem me and save me and threw me in this world and saved. Now that I have redeemed you, now that I have set you free, now that I have brought you with my blood, you are free to live as you want. No, praise God. He has surrounded me with his love, with his affection, with his protection, with his provision, with his providence. And he has put his spirit within me. Praise God. So that even when I cannot pray, praise God, the spirit intercedes. What does the spirit do? It carries your groans. Up into the presence of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. My son, my daughter, 
praise God, is going through a crisis, is going through a hardship. He has come to a pain, point where he can't even utter a syllable. But even as he cannot utter a syllable, here comes the Spirit of God, carries my groans. Praise God and praise according to the will of God concerning me. Praise God. Therefore, the Bible, hallelujah, praise God, says pray in the Spirit. Praise God. Hallelujah. Laser guided, pinpoint precision prayer can happen when we yield ourselves to the Lord. Spirit guided prayer will obliterate the powers of darkness that brew against your life. Spirit guided prayer, spirit powered prayers, praise God, will derail, will derail and blow out the schemes that works against a child of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Therefore, allow the spirit of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Pray in the spirit. Praise God. Pray in the spirit. Now, the first thing that we said was, what God, in, what God does is, the Spirit of God, knowing that you and I cannot come to a place where we can actually even utter what needs to say, carries, takes that groans, praise God, and prays according to the will of God. But then you and I need to come to praise God. The next realm that the Bible talks about, there is something called praying in the Spirit praying in tongues. Hello? How many of you pray in tongues? The numbers are going down, I know. It's dwindling because somehow we feel that it's out of style. You know? We are so refined. People have become so refined and self-conscious of who we are that we don't want to Practice, praise God. We don't want to yield the faculties of our speech to the Holy Spirit. Praise God. We don't want to pray in the tongues. Paul says, I will pray with my mind and I will pray in with my spirit. Praise God. Tongues can be an effective instrument as you pray, as you let the Spirit of God guide you into praying what the Lord wants you to pray. So, when you speak in tongues or when you pray in tongues, number one, some might understand. This is very important that you and I understand this, okay? Some might understand. On the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2. On the day of Pentecost, they were all gathered. How many people were gathered? Twelve? 120, okay, on the day of the Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they all started speaking in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And the Bible says those people who have come for the festival, they all heard them speaking in their tongues. Do you know how many groups of people are, are, are recorded there? They came from 16 different places and they heard them uttering the wonders of God in their native tongues. So when you pray in the spirit, when you speak in tongues, when you are praying in tongues, 
you can, as the Lord gives you utterance, there might be people who would understand you are praying in unknown tongues, but it might not, it might be a known tongue to somebody who is seated there. All right? So, number one. Number two, Paul says, if I pray in the tongues of men and tongues of angels. So there is an angelic tongues, how angels communicate. Hello? How many of you guys know that angels communicate? You think angels communicate? Do. If they were to come and talk to you, what language do you think they will use? The language that you understand. It could be French, it could be Latin, it could be Arabic, whatever language that you use. All right? But the angels have their language. Okay? The angelic language. You and I would not understand. The third, there is a language only God understands. Praise God. He who speaks in tongue does not speak to man, but he speaks to God and he utters mysteries. Praise God. Guys, you guys changed my title. That's not good. All right. Okay, that throws off what I want to say. Thank you. Um, coming to what we are saying, there are three different shades that we can understand when you talk about praying in tongues or speaking in tongues. Praise God. Not every time that you speak in tongues, people around you will understand. The Holy Spirit decides as he gives utterance, you speak as he gives utterance. Praise God. There is an angelic language that people, human beings, might not understand. But there is a language that is so intimate that you speak to God in that language as the Holy Spirit Gives you the ability to do so. I'm reading from 1 Corinthians 14.2. This way you don't think that I'm making this up. Those who speak in strange tongues. Good news translation. Those who speak in strange tongues. Do not speak to others. But to God. Because no one understands them. They are speaking secret truths. By the power of the spirit. The same words in another version. If you praise them in private language of tongues, God understands you, but no one else does. For you are sharing intimacies just between you and him. Praise God. Hallelujah. As we live in this world, we need to make sure that as we develop our relationship with him, we have a communication. We take the time and a desire to spend time in prayer, to spend time in prayer in His presence and allow the Holy Spirit to pray in and through us. I want to bring your attention to one more verse, Zephaniah 3, 9. Praise God. For then I will restore to the people a pure language that they all may call on the name of the Lord 
to serve him with one accord. Praise God. Note, Zephaniah in the spirit of prophecy, looking forward to the coming of Messiah, he says, God is going to restore to the people a pure language. What is this pure language? The pure language is the language of the spirit that you use to speak unto God, to address God, to communicate with him, to pour out your heart with him, to have an intimate communion with him, a pure language. Every language in this world has been defiled. Every language in this world has obscenity, has profanity, has vulgar words in this world. But the spirit language is a pure language. Praise God. On the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came upon the people of God, He gave them the ability as you are baptized with the Holy Spirit. He gives you the ability to utter words as we yield the faculties of our speech to Him. You and I utter the things of God. No one understands but God Himself. A pure Language. Why is it given that they all may call on the name of the Lord to serve him with one accord? Praise God. Hallelujah. Speaking in tongues is a language, a wonderful, remarkable, unique language that transcends, praise God, any and all barriers. Praise God. It's a heavenly language that allows you to have a direct line of communication with the Father. Praise God. God understands every language. He understands every human language. He understands the angelic language. He understands the spirit language. Praise God. But when you and I live in this world, in order for you and I to live a victorious life, you and I have to cultivate the habit of praying in the spirit at all occasion. It's not humanly possible to pray in all occasion but if you are led by the spirit of God even when you are driving or you are cooking or you are working in your place your spirit man can be in active communion and communication with him praise God praying the prayer the God's will prayer the perfect prayer according to the purpose of God concerning your lives praise the Lord see as you give the Holy Spirit control of your tongue your words will begin to line up with the word of God your words will begin to line up with the will of God. Your words will begin to line up with the purpose of God for your life. Your words will begin to line up with the promises of God for your life. Your words will begin to line up as God desires you and I to pray. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. There is an enemy that's actively working against the life of God's children. 
praise God, scheming against our lives, scheming against our children, scheming against our spouses. And God has equipped us so that you and I can pray in the Spirit and release the laser-guided, pinpoint precision prayer that will destroy the purpose and the plan of the enemy against our life. Praise God. Hallelujah. With God on your side. Praise God. By your side. And finally, inside. Victory is, 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 is. Victory is ours. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. With God on your side, by your side, inside, victory is ours. Victory is mine and yours. Praise God. God has ordained that you and I live a victorious life, not a defeated life. And therefore, he has prepared an armor for you. He has given a battle plan for us. He says, resist the devil, submit to God. Praise God. When you resist the devil, he will flee away from you. Praise God. Put on the armor, the whole armor of God. Resist him. Pray in the spirit. Praise God. Hallelujah. Not just for yourself, but for your brothers and sisters in the Lord. All eyes closed. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Shall we yield ourselves to him? Shall we pray, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh upon me, mold me, make me, Mend me. Impress your image upon me. Help me to pray in the spirit at all times. Praise God. When the enemy tries to brew, put schemes and devices against you, against your family, if you are a person who prays in the spirit, victory is ultimately ours. Praise God. Father, we yield our lives to you. Thank you, Father, for speaking into our lives. We pray that we will be people who will actively resist the ploys, the plots of the enemy against us and live a life that is victorious in your presence. In Jesus' name we pray.